You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Diving stop, Seager. Toss on off the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it The King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here as well. Mariners fall to the Astros last night. This series even at one game apiece. Mariners back at it tonight as they try and Win this series over Houston, and then an off day coming up on Thursday. So Mariners trying to win a series first against the Astros. We'll dive into the game last night in a moment. Also, Aaron Goldsmith on opening day caught up with Scott Brocious. Always fun conversation when Scott Brocious is here. And Shannon talked with Rupert Jones and his glorious mustache. So that will be a conversation coming up as well but let's get into the game last night a game that was close back and forth early on Houston scoring in the first inning and this is just uh, George Springer at it again Miranda's <laughs> ready to go the first pitch on the way to George Springer swinging a drive deep into the gap in left center field going and going gone goodbye baseball the first pitch of the game and George Springer leads off the ball game with a home run into the Mariners' bullpen. It is one nothing Houston. So George Springer does it again, another leadoff home run. Astros tack on one more in the third inning, so a 2 nothing lead. But the Mariners start to storm back in the third inning. The 0-1. Swing, line drive, fly ball, left field. Sends Gonzalez back. It's banging off the wall for a double. Here's the throw to second base. Hanniger slides in. Meanwhile, Dyson at third, making the trip home. Headlock slide. He's safe. Mariners on the board. Bottom of the third. Dyson showing off some speed. First to home. It's 2-1 Astros. So they cut the lead in half right there, and they weren't done. They would tie it up. Hanniger itching to go. The 0-1. Swinging a ground ball. Left side and through. Hanniger coming home. Acta giving him the sign to come home. And he scores standing without a throw. Robinson Cano has tied this game up with two outs. It's an RBI single the opposite way, two apiece, bottom of the third. So two to two at that point, and then in the fifth, the Mariners take the lead. Here's the stretch, and the 1-1 one, one to Dyson. Swing and a fly ball into right field. Reddick to his left. He's got it on the run, makes the catch, tagging it third, and heading home is Ruiz, and the Mariners have the lead, 3-2. to two. And Miranda was really throwing well into the sixth inning, but... Some base on balls get him in trouble in the six. He got Beltron to ground out and then walked McCann, walked Gonzalez. So a couple walks in a row. Mariners at that point go to the bullpen. And then an infield single. I mean, it, Uriel just chopped one into the ground. It hit the ground and just almost suspended in midair. So he gets an infield base hit. Gaddis comes on for Reddick. So this is the at-bat of the ball game. 
a low sinking line drive to right field. Hanniger goes into a slide. It's on his glove. It rattles around in his glove. He can't haul it in. Bases are cleared, and the Astros take the lead for good. This is how it sounded. The 2-0. Slice tailing right field. Here comes Hanniger racing in, racing in, laying out. It's off his glove. He clanks it. It goes caramine into foul territory. McCann scores. Gonzalez scores. Here comes Guriel down the line, and he scores standing. It's a bases clearing double for Evan Gaddis. And I forgot to mention Correa flied out to start the inning. So there were two outs to start the inning before the McCann walk, Correa and then Beltron. So all the damage coming with two outs. The Astros at that point have the lead. And then Mariners with some chances along the way after the four spot in the sixth inning, not able to cash in until the ninth when the Mariners bust through with a couple of runs. And they're able to bring up Nelson Cruz to the dish, the tying run at the plate after Cano grounds out to drive home a run. So Cruz is up as the tying run in a 7-5 to five ball game. And here's what turned out to be the final at-bat of the game. The 1-2 on the way, swing and a fly ball into straightaway center field. Right there is Marisnik waiting for it. He's there and makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Astros win game two. Of this three-game series, a final of 7-5. to five. So this series tied up at one apiece. The Astros improved to 5-4. and four. The Mariners fall to 2-7. and seven. Here's the skipper. Yeah, you know, Miranda was uh, on the ball really good up to that point. And then the back-to-back walks, um, you know, got us tonight. Um, you know, Pezos came in, and uh, I actually thought he made some good pitches. Didn't get a lot of things uh, going his way. And the chopper off the plate and then the, you know, the soft liner in the right that, that we weren't able to catch. And you know, tough play, no doubt. But, you know, um, and then from there, you know, gave up a couple more. So, um, you know, I like the way that Pezos has been throwing the ball. I thought it was a good spot for him there. Uh, you know, I just wasn't able to, <laughs> to get the ball to go to our guys. Um you know, we had some chances to score probably a few more runs than, than we actually did tonight. But, uh, you know, a little disappointed. I thought Miranda did a good job to keep us right there. He just, you know, lost his, his concentration a little bit there in the sixth, and, and the two walks, you know, end up hurting. You say Hanniger, tough play there. Reaches it, though, and it hits the glove. Yeah, no, and I, I think Mitch would, would say, you know, it's probably a ball he comes up with most times. Um, you know, great effort. You know, went after it the way he should, and with the game kind of on the line there in the sixth with the bases loaded, and just didn't come up with it. Some nights that happens. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm sure he'd be the first to say you know, he probably should have should have had that one. Uh, yeah, you know, he swung the bat good, hit the ball off the wall. Um, you know, we were uh, trying to come right back there and, and uh, you know, ran into an out. You hate to make outs on the bases anytime. Um, certainly when you're down in the game like that and, and you're starting to mount a rally. But, um, you know, ball went right off the wall right back to him and you know, made a good throw to second. Sure, he'd like to have it back again, but it doesn't work that way. Springer keeps jumping on you early here, but he's and then a few times this year, I think he's got uh, three or four uh, leading off the game, and uh, you know, looking for that fastball, he's hunting it and taking a big swing at it and, and squaring it up. So uh, uh, he's got us. He's got a couple teams. He got the Royals once too with it. So uh, something we got to be aware of. He's obviously a very aggressive hitter.
Yeah, we really feel good about him uh, against right-hand hitters as well. Uh, good fastball, and you know when you're in the sixth inning, uh, it's really hard to you know start matching up in the sixth. You'll run out of guys, you know, at some point. So, uh, you know, he was his spot to to go tonight. We knew we were going to have to use him, and I thought it was a good spot to to go for it with him. Uh, you know, they pinch hit Gaddis, you know, hit the ball, uh, you know, didn't square it up, but he hit it in a good spot. And like I said, we just weren't able to make the play. You talked all spring about how you like Moder, and not only the three doubles, but yeah, really good game. Yeah, he, he can play anywhere on the field, and he's probably most comfortable at short. And you know, he worked himself into some good counts uh, in the box, and you know he's, he's got a quick bat and, and turned some good fastballs around. So uh, nice game by him. Uh, you know, the, the goal here coming in this series is win two out of three and uh, win the series, and we have an opportunity to do that tomorrow and, and you know keep it going in the right direction. You can't you can't win six in a row in one day. Uh, you know you got to take it a day at a time, and um, you know. Tonight, tough game. Thought we could have had this one, but we'll get after it tomorrow and win the series. Hanniger, pretty good game offensively as well. Yeah, Mitch is really seeing the ball well right now. You know, just missed a home run there close to the top of the wall. Really good at bats. You know, the couple of walks that he's had. So uh, uh, he's seeing the ball really good. His timing's really good and uh, making good adjustments at the play as well. And they do have a chance to take the series tonight. We'll get to that in a moment. First, let's hear from. The Mariners shortstop, Gene Segura, of course, going on the disabled list before the ball game, the 10-day DL. So taking over at shortstop, Taylor Motter, he'll get the bulk of the work there. He's, here's what he had to say after the ball game. I'm swinging it pretty good tonight. Yeah, getting into a rhythm is, is always nice. Um, you know, but coming out, we lose a tough one there. Sixth inning is tough. You know, we get some fluky plays and snowballed after that and you know we give it a good run in the ninth there but just couldn't get it done you know t- tough to make the adjustment here where at all you know you're stepping in there you know. no i mean i knew my job coming into it uh i knew i was going to be an off the bench guy you know gene goes down and i'm hoping he gets back real soon because we need him at the top of the lineup he's been a consistent bat for us and he's been playing good defense so when he gets back in the field we'll all be a a happier and, and better team. Hey, Scott said he thinks short's your best position. I mean, I, I know that's what you came up at. I've played shortstop the longest. Um, it could or couldn't be. I, you know, For me, I've played them all too long to have a best at position. And you haven't just played a ton. You, know, you stayed sharp at the plate. You feel, feel pretty good about that. Yeah, you know, I've been working with Edgar and, and Bro in there, and everything's starting to click and, and feel real good right now. So. The ninth, Giles, pretty good. You feel like you guys had a chance to come. Yeah, when he when he lost control of his fastball and started throwing off speed a little more, he dialed it back in. But when he couldn't get control of the first three batters there, we uh, I thought in my head we had something going for sure. And what a night he had! Three hits in the ball game, three for four, three doubles in the ball game for Motter, which is awfully impressive. It's uh, Mariners have never had a player with four doubles in a ball game. He becomes the 26th Mariner with three in a ball game. The last was Martin last year. Then it had been a while before that. Kyle Seeger in 2011 had three doubles. Ichiro in 2010. Some interesting names on the list. Ichiro did it a couple of times. Griffey in 1998 did it. Edgar, not surprisingly, did it a couple of times. Maybe more surprising, he didn't do it more. He did it in 95, 96. Buhner did it, but also uh, Alvin Davis on the list as well. 
Bill Stein was the first one to do it in 1978. And some random names along the way. Ben Davis in 2003. Willie Bloomquist did it in 2005. David Segui in 1998. Glenn Allen Hill did it in 1998 as well, just a couple of weeks after David Segui. Rob Ducey, Reggie Jefferson, Ray Quinones, Jack Perconte, Tony Bernazard. So a, a, a fun list of guys that have had three doubles in a ball game and moderate joins that list. One of them just an absolute rocket to left field. So he'll get the bulk of the work at shortstop with Segura on the DL. So Mariners and Astros going at it in game three of the series. Mike Fires will take the mound for the Astros. One start under his belt so far. Pitched pretty well against the Kansas City Royals in a loss to the Royals. Six innings, five hits, one earned run, three walks, three strikeouts in his first start against KC. Gallardo will take the ball for the Mariners. He lost his first start of the season. Gallardo uh, pitched against the Angels, a 5-1 to one loss. He went five, gave up eight hits, three runs, a homer, a couple of walks, and four strikeouts. So Mariners try to win the series tonight, and then an off day on Thursday and we'll preview the weekend series coming up in the podcast tomorrow. Right now, though, let's turn things over to Aaron Goldsmith, a chance on opening day to chat with Scott Brocious. Scott, always maybe the most exciting day of the year, opening day at Safeco Field. Nobody does it better than the Mariners. What are your emotions like thinking about your first opening day as the Mariners hitting coach? No, I think it'll be really cool. You know, I've never honestly been at a, a Mariners opening day. You hear all the, you know, the red carpet and all the things that go with it. And, and so I'm actually really excited to kind of to see what it's all about. Um, you know, opening day is um, doesn't really matter how many you've had. They're all special, you know, because it kind of just represents the, the newness and the fans in the park again. And, and all that. So, uh, yeah, really kind of looking forward to see how they do it in Seattle. Kind of an interesting year for the Mariners in that regard. The third opening day the Mariners will be a part of, first Houston, then Anaheim, and now back home in Seattle. Uh, do you find yourself able to kind of take it all in, or as a coach are you kind of wired to always be thinking about balls and strikes and your hitters? No, I think both. I mean, I, I think obviously one, once we get home and have our, our true home opening ceremony, I think that's where that's where I, you know opening day really happens. I think on the road, obviously, it's a little bit different. It's, it's all uh, tailored to the home team, and so here we're kind of uh, going through the process of getting ready to play. But um, I, I think Monday we'll, we'll be into a little bit more of the whole ceremony of it and, and obviously much more involved. What are your memories of your first ever opening day in the major leagues as a player? Uh, you know, I think it was eyes wide open, <laughs> kind of looking around. I mean, it's it's really cool. Um, the first one, you know, I think uh, in Oakland, it's it is it's it's kind of that all the stuff that you thought about as a kid, and then all of a sudden you're out there on the line and, and getting introduced, and you're like, wow, I'm actually a part of this, you know. And and uh, you know, my last year in Oakland, we were we were the Yankees' home opener as, as well, and so I remember sitting on on our side, kind of looking over at all the Yankees that they were introducing and everything you know with, with their home opener and I thought man how cool would that be to, to be in pinstripes for like an opening day and then the very next year I was over there and sure enough I was like yeah this is pretty cool now what are some of the names that you remember from that opening day on the Yankees side Oh, I mean, the thing is, is they bring out not just our, our starting lineup, but just the guys that they bring out, right? They bring out Yogi Berra and Ron Guidry and Goose Gossage and Reggie Jackson. I mean, you just go through. That's the one thing that New York did is they, they really kind of kept the, 
cast alive. And so when all these different guys are getting introduced, um, you just do kind of look around and go, yeah, this is a pretty big deal. It'll be pretty fun here today, the 40th anniversary of the franchise, so a lot of familiar faces coming out to Safeco Field today. And we have to talk a little bit about your first year or your first month, really, as Mariners' assistant hitting coach. I guess, first of all, how are you enjoying the team charter versus middle seat of a commercial flight with the Rainiers? Things have changed just a touch from this time last year, that's for sure. Um, yeah, there, there were times where uh, when we were at SeaTac at 4 in the morning getting on a plane, uh, knowing that the Southwest Airlines had two different stops and then we were going to get in and, and play about three hours after we arrived, you know, I had to remind myself at times that this was all my idea, that I chose this, you know. But uh, yeah, this has been uh, this has been a little bit of an upgrade, no question. It's been it's been a I've been, been a real good spring training. First week of the season, obviously, we want to see more wins on the board, but uh, we know that's coming, and uh, so it has. It's been a lot of fun to, to be back and, and on a big league field again. Just a couple of minutes ago, you were inside the clubhouse with all the Mariners hitters doing a, a pretty daily routine. It sounds like a hitters meeting. Without divulging any company secrets, can you give us a little bit of a look behind the curtain? What exactly goes on there? You know, I think our, our goal is every day is, you know, ultimately our goal is is both in terms of physical preparation in the cages and, and in terms of approach and thought processes. We just want to be as prepared as possible. And, and I think preparation leads to confidence, and obviously confidence breeds success. And so I think our goal in the course of the meetings is, is to kind of hear from everybody, guys who've had success off a, a certain pitcher, and, and hear, you know, what's the plan? You know, it's, it's a lot of times we're, we talk about what a guy has, the weapons that he has, but I think the next question asked then is, then how do you beat him? And and so I think those are the kind of the things that, that we talk about, or or what's the plan, and and, and how are we going to go about taking our best at bats off a guy? Scott, it's always a pleasure. Happy opening day. Thanks for the time. All right, thank you. Look forward to it. And now Shannon Dreyer with Rupert Jones. Rupert Jones, the Mariners' first player chosen in the expansion draft, is in the ballpark and will be one of the players throwing out the first pitch. He looks back on year one of the Seattle Mariners. Just think, 40 years ago was my actually my first year in the big league because I came up with Kansas City on August 1st of 76. So 77 was like my first opening date, and it was fantastic. What do you remember about, I mean, that must have been a strange time. You knew that there was an expansion draft coming up. You come up with the Royals, and the next thing you know, you're a Seattle Mariner. I remember Frank Tanana striking me out three times. (laughs) And the last time he struck me out with the bases loaded with a 3-2 curveball. Oh. (laughs) Yes, Frank Tanana was really one one of the best pitchers ever ever pitched before he hurt his own. Mm. What did you take from that experience as a youngster? I took, I'm going to have a hard time hitting this league. <laughs> the next night we faced Nolan Ryan. <laughs> How'd that go? I got a couple hits off Nolan. And, th- and those were the last hit I have had off him in two, for two years. I heard there was a little bit of a story there after you got those two hits. What story was that? Did you run into Nolan Ryan somewhere after that? How do you hear that? I, I do research. <laughs> I ran into him at the airport in uh, Austin, Texas, in 82. And uh, I said, Nolan Ryan, Rupert Jones, he looked at me like he didn't know me. So we walked in the security line. He looked at me. You had a home run off me. (laughs) I said, you still remember that? That was 30 years ago. He said, I'm still mad about that. And I told him, don't worry about it. That was the first hit I had off you in two years. So, you know, that that was our meeting at the airport. It was good to see him. That's baseball players. You guys have the longest memories. Yeah, I know. I, told, I asked Dave Stewart. I said, Dave, 
I saw Nolan Ryan, and I hit a home run from 30 years ago, man. He still remembered. He said, we never forget. <laughs> well, that's good for this interview because, as I said, we're going back here a little bit. But what do you remember about the kingdom, the first time you walked into that? You know, the kingdom was, was I, I never played inside before. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I played inside. And uh, it took a little while to get used to it. But I liked the fact that we had a game every night. Mm. You know, every night we were home, we had a game. It was not going to rain out. And I used to enjoy riding over the bridge. By, by, what was that, 520? Mm-hmm. I used to love riding over 520, and I would look out and see the University of Washington to my right, and then I'd come into the city, and I would I just loved it. And uh, the ballpark, it was a good ballpark. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a lot of history there. But you got this fabulous place here that uh, puts it to shame. I think there's. It's hard to dispute. This is the be- one of the best, if not the best, ballparks in baseball right now. Absolutely beautiful. You know that first year of the Mariners. What was it like to be in a clubhouse? You guys are all kind of in it together. Everything is new as a new team. You know, we got they got together a bunch of guys who were like cast off from other organizations. We played very hard every night. We I think we lost over a hundred games. But we played hard every night, and those guys played hard. It was it was a you know it was great to be their teammates, and uh, it was it was it was like a beginning. You know, I, and all I wanted was a chance anyway. I'd rather be in Seattle playing every day than be somewhere else on the bench. So playing in Seattle gave me opportunity to play on a daily basis, and it gave the opportunity of Seattle fans to see baseball every day and they hadn't had that before what do you remember about that i remember we used to have opening day we'd have the place filled up 50 some thousand then it went down to about 20 to 12 to twenty thousand every night mm. but those fans was very loyal mm-hmm. you know and then when the yankees coming in town it fill up again <laughs> and it was like opening day all over again but those fans were very loyal and they're the reason why this franchise is still here and now you wanted the top friend you know you're like a large market now. Mm-hmm. You know, even though you're in Seattle, you're a large market team. There's a lot going on in Seattle right now, no question about it. What's the best piece of baseball advice you ever got? In my rookie year, Dick Allen, he, he came up to me and said, son, you got pretty good talent. He said, but there's three things you got to learn. I said, what are those three? Uh-huh, okay, and I'll try it. He said, and then do it the way you do it. Looks like you're going to be making a first pitch out there. Give us a scouting report. The reason, one of the reasons why I can't play baseball, I couldn't play baseball anymore, was because I had rotator cup surgery, rotator torn labrum. That hasn't changed. Mm. So I'm going to try to get to the grass and see if I can get it to home plate. Well, Rupert, we're going to be cheering for you up here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Shannon. Rupert Jones, center fielder, Kansas City, is the first choice by the Seattle Mariners in the expansion draft. I came in right on time. I got picked up in the expansion draft, and I got to a city that really wanted baseball and really loved baseball. And uh, the people there are fantastic. We have, we, we have a nice turnout. We got, we got a nice team. My team played with a lot of heart and desire. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm having the most fun I've had in my life this year.